Welcome to the Monday Night Call. I am your host, Monty Moran. Uh, <clears throat> before I get started on everything, I just want to go with the, the promos because I'm going to go off on a tangent after this. I love tangents. But uh, So with the promos for this month of September, the bonus is Century Awards. So if you're on Century Awards, the bonus is 15 mils of oregano, which is a great pizza-smelling oil. Uh, for the 190 PV, I'm going to work my way up from 190 to 250 to 300 PV. So 190 PV, 5 mils of Panaway, and 15 mils of Wintergreen. For 250 PV, you get 5 mils of Northern Lights Black, Black Spruce, which is totally awesome. That's great stuff. Plus the Panaway and the Wintergreen. And then the 300 PV is the Ortho Sport Massage Oil. Oh, man, that stuff's amazing. Uh, plus the Northern Lights Black Spruce, plus Panaway, plus uh, Wintergreen. Uh, so that's the promos for this month of September. And again, the bonus Century Awards, if you're on a Century Awards, would be 15 mils of oregano. Uh, so I drive a lot because I go pick up my daughter um, almost nearly every weekend this, this last month. And I use my car as, as Mobile University. And I was listening to, because I go to Mastermind. Uh, this year we're going to do GoPro instead of Mastermind. But um, I was listening to... Uh, Richard uh, Bliss Brooks, and he was talking about how there are so many uh, research studies from psychologists and people like that um, on how people how people think and how people interact. And he was talking about how they had one guy go on the airplane, sit next to somebody, and basically just what we call forming in the Danny Johnson world is go in and just ask questions and have the other person reply and as you generate interest and, and their answers you kind of just add more questions to their answers and kind of figure out more about that person and <clears throat> when they got off the plane the, there's a group of interviewers that um, approached the guy that um, was being asked all the questions and said so how did you like your flight? Oh, that was great. You know, they kind of went casually into it. They didn't want to be creepy about it. And they said, the guy next to you, was he an interesting person? And, the, and this guy said, yeah, he's totally interesting. He was like, like one of the coolest people I've ever met. So they asked, they said, so what does he do for a living? And he said, I don't know. And they go, well, um, where is he going? And he said, well, I don't know about that either. And they said, well, you know, what's his personal life like? You know, his family, you know, where he came from, where he grew up, things like that. He goes, I don't know. He goes, but it was like the most interesting conversation I've ever had. And the whole, the whole premise of the study was that people who are great at conversations rarely talk about themselves. They're always generating more questions to ask a person, you know, more about themselves. And I was thinking about this, you know, as me and Jacob are going to talk is, you know, when we get into the colors and, and talking about people and doing leadership things, it, mostly the, the trick is try to figure out who you're talking to because if you can figure out who you're talking to, then you can kind of tailor, you know, what their needs are and, you know, how you can address those needs to help you grow your business and help them um, achieve whatever they need to achieve, whether it's, you know, finances, health, um, maybe just lending the air, things like that. So... I, I thought about that, Jacob, today when I was when I was just grilling out. I'm like, hmm, this kind of goes right in line with what I was listening to this weekend. 
So for everybody who is on the call, I have Jacob Adamo on the line, and he has the book Full Spectrum Success. And I talked to Jacob at convention this summer, just briefly at the Aroma Vendor, and he said, we need to get on because I have a second book coming out. I'm like, sweet, dude, let's do it. And now that Jacob's <laughs> life has kind of settled down, I'm like, I've taken him down and said, let's go, buddy. So, Jacob, welcome to the call. Thank you so much. It's an honor and a privilege to be on with you again. Oh, I'm glad to have you. Well, I do have I do have another book coming out. Uh, it's probably going to be um, pre-release in about a month from now. We're working on design and layout and stuff, but I've got a lot of the content. And uh, what we had talked about is I'd really love for a chance to kind of give you guys a sneak peek into um, the depths that I've delved into to bring added value to the people that have read the first book and kind of get a little bit more solid application on some different areas. So I'll let you pick the, pick the topic. I gave you a list there and we'll dive in. I've got some notes here and we'll, we'll just start talking. I know you like to do things free and loose being <laughs> yeah, kind of I a do. blue personality. So, so you go ahead. <laughs> um, all right. So, I'm taking notes as well. So let's go into understanding yourself before others. Okay. I well, I was, I was really, really glad that you started this off by, by talking about communication the way you did because as I've worked with people and I've been traveling and speaking and talking to people, I get, I get a lot of questions. How can I help, you know, my spouse, my child, my whoever, who is, you know, kind of a troublesome shade, which is a dysfunctional version of this color, become more like this color. And it dawned on me that that's the first thing that people try to do a lot of times with knowledge is they try to apply knowledge outwardly, um, seeing how they can help fix someone else. <laughs> when a lot of times what we need to do is take what we're learning and apply it inwardly. And a lot of people have asked me, you know, how can I become more like this color? Don't. Don't become more like that color. Be a truer version of the color that you were made to be. Because that is very, very important. When you're living your utmost, when you're your truest shade, your focus, it shifts from being, and this is a big thing that I put in the book, your focus shifts from yourself to others. You look at the, the troublesome shades of each color and their focus is on themselves where when they make that shift and they learn their strengths and they learn their comfort zones, but they apply it to uh, the application of helping others to be greater and better. That's when you see leaders break loose and really run. And that's so important because if you focus on the colors from the, the mentality that you're going to understand people better and you're going to be able to, there's lots of colors teachings out there. There's lots of personality training out there. And a lot of them miss a point that I think is really important because they talk about things like being able to win every argument or being able to make every sale. And all of those things, while not necessarily bad, the focus is on your benefit, not the benefit of the other person. And I think we're most satisfied when we focus on helping others. And so that's why I have taken the focus of saying, and when you see someone who is in their true shade, they are doing awesome. Their focus is on helping others. And, you know, just like Zig Ziglar said, when you help enough other people get what they need, you can have anything you want. 
but that focus has to be there. So understanding yourself is essential because if you go into learning about personalities, learning about things, it can, if you're not focused on helping others, you're focused more on, on manipulation. So you have to focus on yourself first, understanding yourself, be honest with yourself, get down to who you are and who you want to be before you start applying the principles of personalities because there's a lot of power here. There's a lot of ability to impact others. But you want to make sure that that's done with the right intention. Otherwise, you can end up ruining relationships instead of building relationships. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I was going to speak to the Reds. So the, the takeaway is focus on your strengths. Don't waste time on trying to fix your weakness. Because when you focus yes. on your strengths, you become more powerful in that in that color. Yep. Um, and, fo- and focus on augmenting the strengths of the others, too. Because if you, you know, it's easy as a red to see the weaknesses um, and you try to, you know, help them with their weaknesses, but focus on their strengths, keep that positive energy flowing and they will, they'll rise to the occasion. Yeah, absolutely. So for people who are like brand new to this, like what are you talking about with colors? Can you just briefly just go through an overview of the colors and then we'll go into um, some of the other topics? Yeah, sure. Absolutely. So I talk about personality colors. I was exposed to the personality colors shortly into my journey with Young Living by another leader who was talking about them and, and how she operates you know, her business as a blue because that's her personality color. And I've always been fascinated by people. I've always enjoyed sales and communication especially. So I thought, well, I need to look into this and figure out what this is. So I took a personality test and um and it was it was colors related i thought it could be tweaked so i looked into that but more than that i realized that a lot of people train on identifying a personality type but they don't train on communication or change to make that relationship smoother so real quickly the four colors that i talk about are red blue green and yellow and reds are they're your dominant type they're fast-paced extrovert powerful. Um, If you understand the DISC method or have done any looking into that, that's your D. So they're drivers. Um, The blues are your expressive types. They're very optimistic as well, but very right brain, very creative. So they're always looking for, you know, new angles to make something more fun. Um, Your greens are highly analytical. They're more like the reds. They're more goal and task oriented. They're more left brain. They are, however, a lot slower pace. Let's get the facts right. Let's make sure the research is done. Don't take it on faith. Let's make sure that we've got our, we've identified exactly what needs to be done before we move forward. So that's your green. Um, in, the, in the disc, your blues are your eye. They're your influencers. Um, and your greens are your Cs. They're your compliance people. So the last is yellows. Yellows are your steady in the disc. They're your S. They're amiable. They're more peaceful. They're very people person oriented. So they're right brain, more emotionally controlled. Um, but and the, and you will find in this business, <laughs> most of the people. And I have the data to back this up now. After recording tens of thousands um, of personality test takers on my site. The majority of them are yellows. 
the people out there that are taking the test. And really, yeah, by far. I mean, we're talking, I would say, I didn't look at the, this last poll, but the last time I looked at it, it was over 47%. Oh. So it's, it's rather large when you divide it into four. <laughs> That's a yeah. big chunk of people. So, and then I talk in, in my book, Full Spectrum Success, I talk about three different shades, troublesome, typical, and true. And the reason that I divide the four colors into three separate shades is all based on functionality. Because somebody could be a red and have that dominant, powerful personality, and they're the first one in the ditch, and they can be lone wolf. They don't even need the support necessarily. But if they're bowling over people and leaving bodies in the, you know, behind them on their way to success, they're probably more on the troublesome, dysfunctional side of red than they need to be. So that's a real brief example, but I know our time is limited. So let me know if I need to go further, but that gives everybody a little glimpse into what we're talking about. Yeah, that's good. You know, and I think when I put this call in the Diamond Factory training, um, I'll put it under, you know, I might put it under third-party tools just because, you know, your book is a great third-party uh, use. And then also, I think in the Diamond Factory training, in the in the downloads, is actually the personality test. So, uh, Fantastic. Awesome. It's in there. Yeah. Uh, so going with that one, let's talk about... Let's talk about the four colors of rejection and conflict resolution. Okay. Just because I'm like, what? I'm looking at that going, what? <clears throat> All right, this will be interesting. <laughs> well, when it comes to the four colors, each one of them responds to rejection separately. And I have no notes on this, so I'm going to freelance this, but hopefully we'll get what we need out of it. Um, each color, when they face rejection, they face it differently. Reds. When they face rejection, they, they make an offer and somebody says no to them, it makes them angry. Uh, their first response is anger because they don't understand, you know, that they, they already know what needs to be done. So this isn't a question of what needs to be done. It's a question of get behind me and let's do it. And when they face rejection, they can respond out of anger. That's their first gut instinct. So reds need to be very careful um, when they face rejection to take that emotion and shift that and realize that they don't need to take that personally. It's not saying no to them. It's saying no to the opportunity they're trying to present. Um, greens take rejection. I'm out of order here. I normally go blue first, but this one came to mind. Greens take rejection a little more harshly because they're so data and fact oriented. They have done all the research. They know exactly how to halt most objections. So when they face rejection, they respond with bitterness because they can't get the person to see that they have the fact. It's not necessarily anger because they're not going to come out, you know, they're more introvert. So that, that extrovert red is going to be ticked off and you're going to see it. That introvert green is going to respond with a more inward bitterness. And they're going to look at that person and say, well, they're obviously a fool because they can't see the amount of work that I put into bringing this offer and explaining these objections accurately with fact to back it up. So that's a difficult thing. Um, blues. Blues, <laughs> they respond to rejection. They might get hurt briefly, but it's pretty much, you know, you're familiar with the, you know, give them the hand. <laughs> 
phrase. Yeah. That's, yep. that's pretty much what happens with blues. They look at it and they're like, you know what? This is not worth any more of my emotional time. I'm ticked off at the person, but I'm not going to give them any more time or emotion. I'm out. I'm going to go find something fun because this is not fun. And it's just, you know, we're past that. So see ya. And your yellows, um, they respond with, with much more melancholy. They, uh, it hurts them personally when they get the rejection because they, they've invested so heavily in the people aspect of things. They love the person. They're trying to help them. And when the person says no and there's rejection there, they feel like that personal connection is severed. So they actually feel a sense of loss many times in rejection. And they just need to remember that the rejection isn't personal. It's not them. It's their idea. Wow. Makes sense. Um, you know, but I got a question, though. Cause you, ha- you brought this up twice with the red... Do you think that do you really think that most reds are extroverts, or do you think it's they're introverts that put on that extrovert when they need to? Uh, I think I honestly think a lot of reds, most reds, are extrovert. However, I think what happens is, um, like I know with myself, I really don't love big crowds, and you would think that an extrovert would love a large crowded situation. However, extroverts who enjoy power and control, which is very much important to a red, they see that situation as like, like red, reds will gravitate toward other powerful people simply to get out of the masses, or they will pull people to them to gain a sense of control in the situation. So it's not so much that they're introvert, they have to figure out exactly what they're after in that large social circle. So could you have a, an introverted red? I think so. I don't think they're all extroverts, but I think by and large, most of them are. When you see introvert style behavior with a red, it's because they haven't figured out exactly how to gain their position of control, so to speak, in the moment. Does that make sense? Totally makes sense. Okay. Yeah. Which goes into, you know, what we first talked about is, you know, work on your strengths. Yes. <laughs> yep. Well, and, and, and honestly... Um, one of the biggest focuses of the new book that I've been working on is studying people's secondary colors because I really truly believe that your secondary color has a lot to do with how effective you are with your primary color. Okay. So secondary colors, I used to call it the clutch versus crutch theory. So your clutch, you know, in your vehicle allows you to shift into a higher gear or a lower gear. Um, and a crutch, we all know, is to support you during a moment of weakness. I've altered that just a little bit um, to where now I say that your primary and secondary, or your secondary colors are either, well, your primary and secondary are proactive and reactive colors. When you're being proactive, you are most likely being proactive in your primary color. I'm a red. I'm very goal-driven. So I sit down to write a chapter in a book, and I start pushing. And my secondary is blue. That's my reactive color. So when things set us off or shake us up and we get emotionally outside of our comfort zone, so to speak, we tend to shift toward, we gravitate toward that, that reactive color. And for me, my work starts to 
dwindle a little bit and I'm looking at, man, I really wish I could just go outside and play softball or go do something fun, you know, go ride my bike, just get out of this because it's dragging me down. Well, that can either, your, your reactive side can either be positive or negative. You can either allow it to derail the actions that you're taking that you know you need to take from your proactive side, your primary color, or you can shift focus and allow that to be kind of a reactive reward side. You know, I really want to go see this movie. Okay, fine. If you want to do that, let's make sure you get done with your proactive side. You get that finished, reach that goal that you're setting. In my case, as a red, I have to reach that goal. Then I'll reward myself and I'll let that reactive side enjoy that reward that it wanted. So it's kind of, it's a lot about discipline. But when you understand your primaries and your secondaries, and you understand that when you slip into fear, you know, I've got a friend <laughs> that's, a, that's a green red, and when they have, you know, a moment of fear, they switch really fast, and you can almost see it happen. You're like, wow, you went straight out of logical control to power control, and you don't really care what the results are. You just have to have control right now in the moment, um, having not thought it out. And normally they're extremely logical. So they would take time. In fact, getting them to move on something is sometimes difficult. So it's a shift that happens that I've been studying with different people. And I really, it's been eye-opening to see how much our effectiveness in our primary color can be affected by the secondary color. And that has to do with our emotional control. Do we control our emotions? Do we, you know, do we put them in their place or do we allow them to run? Because you and I both know that, you know, when you're afraid of something, you have a fear impulse, you have two choices. You can allow it to take over your mind or you can control it and say, okay, I've got I've to relook at this and get this under control because it could take me down a bad road. So that's a little sneak peek into what's coming with the secondary colors because yeah, that's good, you know, because I was I was listening to a an audio the other day about <clears throat> the whole thing about emotions and and people who are totally not control their life, they allow other people to dictate on how they should feel about something versus yes. somebody who is yep. in control of their life, they actively decide, you know, I'm going to feel good about this. I'm going to feel good about going to the state fair. I'm going to feel good about going to work in rush hour traffic. I'm going to feel good, you know, they decide they want to do that versus other yeah. people like, well, don't you feel like you're stressed out when you drive to work when it's full of traffic? You know, well, that's someone telling you how you should feel. So, yeah, you're yeah. spot on, Jacob. That's like, that's a golden nugget right there. But um, cool. I was going to say, you know, I'm playing in my head, you know, the reds, the greens, and the blues, and, you know, back and forth with the colors being proactive and reactive, but... I'm having a hard time with the yellows. So because 47% of people who take the test are yellows, give me a scenario, yep. like how does this work with the yellow? And what would be like a yellow's um, like secondary reactive? Okay. Um, <clears throat> so let's, let's look at like a, let's pick a yellow green. Um, a yellow green, they would have, their reactive side would have fear, even though they love people, right? That's their proactive. They want deeper relationships. They want to know people more. That's their proactive side. Their reactive side 
wants to know exactly what the result of a conversation may be or an interaction or, you know, you, you want to get somebody to know, you know, know them better, but you got to step out of your comfort zone and talk to them and, and go build a relationship. Fear of that unknown result. If you, if they switch over to the reactive side of their green and they've got to have all those facts, because a lot of times your secondary nature, you have to work real hard to make that a positive. Most of the time reactive is what happens during stress, um, during fear. So that's not necessarily positive building on our relationships. So let's say that they switch to green. Their secondary kicks in, and all of a sudden they see this person they really want to get to know. They want a deeper relationship, but they've got that fear of the unknown results, and it prevents them from building that deeper relationship. So how they control it? They have to express those concerns and be honest with those around them. Say they want a deeper relationship with a friend, but they feel like they can't be honest about something. That's the worst thing in the world for a yellow because they feel like they're lying and it builds up this tension. So get it out there. Be honest. You know, Tell them that you have an apprehension about it and then let them help you solve it. That's how, uh, that's how you turn that secondary how of green into a positive is by being true, more true to your primary proactive self and going ahead and stepping out in that relationship. Does that make a make sense as an example? Yeah, so it's just like, all right. So the yellow would be like really loving the, the person and the conversation with the person. And if they switched over to green, it's like, all right, so where are we going with this conversation? Yeah, analyzing, reservation, um, fear of hurt, that type of thing. Those are negative green reactions, and that's what happens a lot of times with, with our reactive color side is we, we switch over to um, anytime we're emotionally reactive instead of emotionally proactive, we, we tend to create fear in our mind, and that fear manifests and we start looking for it. And I think you and I can both agree that, you know, the law of attraction, <laughs> we get what we're looking for. So it's very, very important to pay attention to your reactive tendencies, which I think is why you need to know your secondary color. Um, and the colors test online at jacobadamo.com uh, will only reveal your primary color. But if you get the book, the test in the back, or the test that's downloadable on your Diamond Factory site, that you can print out and it'll tell you your ratio of all four colors. So I urge everybody listening to go ahead and do that. Um, and get that information. There's also a link. If you take the colors test online, it'll auto send an email to you with that downloadable information as well. Because I want people to get in there and understand that secondary color because I kept wondering, you know, man, why do I derail so easily when I get, I start hitting potholes in my red and it's frustrating to me. And as soon as I hit frustration, I desire to go do something fun. You know, even if, and I don't, I don't play video games anymore. I used to in college and, you know, my early married years, but having seven kids, there's not really time. <laughs> but, uh, but, you know, I used to switch to something like that just to get my mind off of the fact that I was having difficulties because, you know, my red is frustrated because I'm not hitting the goal that I set for the day. So my blue tries to sabotage that and say, okay, you can have satisfaction in a different way. Because we're all creatures of habit. We, we, we crave satisfaction. But we have to be intentional about what satisfaction means to us. 
And understanding our primary and secondary colors, I think, is essential to being able to control that, that satisfaction impulse that we have. That's good. I'm actually, I'm taking notes. I almost have a full page. <laughs> I'm, I'm not kidding. This is like, it's so, this is interesting. Uh, all right. So, man, we've talked about a lot. Yeah. So, so one, one final point, and I'm just going to sum up secondary colors real quick. Um, I just want to make the point that secondary colors can be strengthened to support your primary color, but it has to be by working on being intentional with your emotional responses. That's where people start to lose, you know, just like I, I talked about having to shift my focus from having fun right now to get out of the hard thing that I'm facing. I had to, I had to switch that focus to say, okay, but we're going to kick this into proactive gear, get this done, and then I'll give myself that satisfaction moment. So be intentional on your emotional responses. And in the case of the, you know, the yellow-green that I was talking about, be intentional about stepping out in that relationship and being honest, and it'll, it'll hush that reactive side and calm it. You know? And then you can explain to them, as soon as, as soon as that person explains to them that there's fear, overgrowing the relationship, you've just, you've just unlocked a whole new ability to have that green side help you develop. Because remember those master key questions, red is what, blue is why, green is how, yellow is who. So if you unlock that green ability as a proactive yellow, it's going to help you now create a scenario for how to move that relationship forward in honesty. That's good. I'm glad you brought those up. Those are sometimes those are the most powerful questions is what, why, how, and who. They are. Yeah, and they shape a lot of our communication and a lot of our interaction with people. And they're they're the master key questions for those of you that don't know, that's covered in the book as well. But those are the filters I call them um, that people communicate through. They hear something a certain way because of their personality type. They speak a certain way because of their personality type. So those basic questions help you be able to understand and form your communication around them so that it'll be more effective. Nice. That's good. Uh, let's go into nature versus nurture and the personality alterations. Okay. Let me go grab a slug of water here. <clears throat> Excuse me. So nature versus nurture, and the reason I, I brought this up and I had to do a chapter on this in the book is I've had people come up to me that say they're a certain color, and as we're talking, <laughs> I end up breaking it down to them that they're really not that color. Um, I've had people that have said that they're green and they're blue, but they're raised by green. So here's, here's what I came up with, because a lot of times people also ask me about children. And as a child, you know, I, I, I tested all my kids, and they're young. They're all 12 and under. And I know their basic personality types, but I was absolutely shocked that when I gave them the test, and I explained each word that they might not understand just yet, but we went through it, and they all tested as yellows. And I went, no, wait a second. That's not right. <laughs> I know that's not right. So we looked into it, and here's the thing. My children are very effectively and well-trained and disciplined. That doesn't mean that I, you know, beat them. It means that we, we have long talks about proper etiquette and proper actions and 
the reasoning behind it. But there's also a, a level of natural um, obedience, if you will, in the very beginning. You know, if I, my three-year-old runs out in the middle of the street and I say, stop, and he turns around and says, why, and gets hit by a car, that doesn't do any good. So you've got you to kind of build a baseline of understanding. So their natural, the goal with, with nature versus nurture is to not apply your color to your kids or to your team or to other people, but um, allow, you know, nurture their own color, nurture their, their natural color and understand that there's a difference. There's some people out there that you're going to get a read on and their personality might say one thing, but you need to listen carefully because there may be a difference that has happened to them because of a bad relationship or, you know, there's trust issues. There's things out there that color their personality slightly differently than what it is by, by nature. I've had people that have said they're yellows. And after talking to them for a decent amount of time, it's like, you know, this, this person is also, this person's a blue, but they went through really bad relationships. There was a lot of, uh, you know, verbal abuse and other things. And it, it sucked the fun right out of it. And they started to adapt to their situation, to their surroundings. So they took on a more meek and humble people pleaser uh, type because that was what was being, um, well, not nurtured, but abused, but the same, same concept that was being nurtured into them. So it has kind of a twofold aspect uh, in the chapter that I am working on. It's almost all done, but it's understanding from the young side what they will become and versus the stage of life where they are. And I'm going to talk about kids in the book as well. And this wasn't one of the things that I put down just because it tends to be a, it's a very delicate subject, but you know, with kids, you've got to start with a baseline of nurture. But the idea is that as they grow, you know, my 10 and 12 year old, I'm not in that stage anymore with them. We're, we're well beyond that where, I can explain why and logically talk to them and they can make their decisions. And I understand their colors. And this has done so much to open our communication as a family um, because we understand each other. We understand what makes us tick and how to, you know, respond to each other accordingly. So it's a really cool, really cool chapter that'll help open people's minds to things that may have happened in the past that are blocking communication with the person and possible ways to open up that communication and, and kind of free it up. And I think a lot of that happens naturally when you understand the person properly, which is why, why we study this, understand ourselves first, strengthen ourselves, and then look for ways to improve our shade of our color by helping others. So do you think that, I mean, you said that you're, you know, your kids tested yellow, but do you think a lot of kids actually kind of do have a yellow trait because at that age, especially the younger age, they're basically like learning how to get along in society. So, I mean, that's, that's a yellow trait. That's people. Like how yes. You know, people. Yeah. Well, and, and, you know, we're in the please and thank you stage and the, you know, ask, don't take stage and the get along and share stage. And, <laughs> and all those things are, you're exactly right. They're improving your relationship with those around you. So that's why, and it dawned on me after they took the test, I was like, bingo, 
That makes sense. That's their stage of life. So now my job, you know, we've gotten those baseline rules of society down. So I'm not going to rely on the state to have to teach my my children the rules. (laughs) They're a little harsher than I am. So now that we've got that down, now it's time to, you know, develop their their nature. They've had their nurture. They've got their baseline, their foundation. Now it's time to let their nature shine and let them, let their natural personalities come out because they're going to be happiest when they understand themselves the most. Agreed. Totally. Um, So what would you say to somebody who says, well, I'm a rainbow, like I'm all the colors? Uh, I would, I would, I would say I agree. You are a rainbow, um, but that's not necessarily. And this is a red statement. Here it comes. That's not an excuse to not focus on your strengths. And I will say this: I have some people that test very, very evenly. Um, if you test evenly, the odds are almost, almost every time that you're a green, because you think about everything and you want your desire is for balance so you're looking at every word trying to determine which color it is and you're looking for that balance so that you can say look i'm even and that's okay that's that's totally part of who you are so don't fret over it when it you know it comes out even and you go oh my goodness i don't know what i am yeah you're you're a green <laughs> i specifically made it an odd number of questions just so that it couldn't actually come out perfectly even. <laughs> that's good. Yeah. You know, that's that's the crap I would try to pull is I try to, like, figure out all the colors and, and <laughs> stuff that. I would do that. In fact, I think I well, have done that once. I, I'm, I started out that way, and now I'm just like, you know what? I want to know the truth of me right now. And I've had people take the test twice. You know, they take it, and they take it several months later, and they're like, wow. My results were different. I was like, well, something's influenced you. You know, either nature or nurture has done something to shift. Or, you know, there could be a difference in shade. Maybe you're ticked off right now and you're feeling a little more red out of your secondary reactive color than you were in your proactive yellow. That could happen. So changes are not a problem. It's more of like a, I don't want to use the D word, but it's a way to... um, identify where you are at the moment and figure out possibly what strengths you need to focus on in your primary proactive color. Has, have people talked to you about that? Like, you know, maybe they, I don't know, they've taken the test more than twice and they oh, yeah. like flip-flop back between maybe two colors or even a third. Yeah, a lot of people flip-flop between two, and I honestly, that's the reason I wrote the chapter on the primary and secondary, because usually that's what's going on, is um, they took the test at one point, and they were in their primary proactive state. They took the test the second time. They started to wonder, because they're like, man, I'm not responding like that first color. I'm not doing what, you know, I I assumed I should be doing in that first personality. I'm going to go take the test now and see what it says. Well, now you're in a reactive state, so it's going to register differently. Absolutely. So it's, and it happens. Absolutely, it happens. So it's so fascinating. It is. Uh, <laughs> it, it takes up a lot of my time, um, but I, I absolutely enjoy it. It's a passion for me. 
and the more I get into it. And the funny thing is, is after I put out the first book and it started to get attention uh, and then I started speaking and I started traveling and speaking and you get the questions afterwards. And it's amazing how much like this book has taken form. The second book has taken form because of all the questions that I've been asked because people want to know. And a lot of times I had to tell them in the beginning, I, I don't know. <laughs> that's, that's something new. I'm going to have to look into that. So I did. I started looking into it, started asking questions. Um, I've, got a, I've got an awesome group on Facebook with a lot of interactive people. And all you have to do is throw a question out there and you get a ton of responses. <laughs> and so it's been really, really key, and really awesome for me to have that network of people that I can, I can develop this kind of curriculum basically on, on helping people overcome stuff. And I'm doing one-on-one calls now. Um, so that's a whole new level of interactive with a specific color. I always want to know their, their primary and their secondary. And then we get into the, you know, the problem they're experiencing and we break it down from there and work forward. But it's been such a rewarding experience. So how do you do that? I mean, it's not like the 70s where you say, hey, what's your sign? And now you're asking, hey, what's your color? You don't say that, do you? Hey, what's your color? No, 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 no. Or do you just, like, you you kind of pick up on how they would respond to something? Well, okay, when 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 I'm doing an actual coaching call, one of the prerequisites of the coaching call is that they – they tell me their primary and secondary color. They take the test. They tell me what their primary and secondary is, and then they give me a short little synopsis on what's going on that they'd like to talk about. And that helps me to understand um, what I'm working with, you know, and, and uh, not like I'm, you know, a colors guru, but I can usually help people break down if there's honestly most, most interpersonal problems break down to, uh, either insecurity or selfishness. (laughs) That's usually the two things that I'm dealing with. And that all goes back to um, being true to your proactive primary color. Because when you're not true to that, you start to slip into reactive, which usually leads to uh, selfishness. So, Man, okay. I'm like just trying to, I couldn't like take a note on that when I was thinking that. <laughs> that's okay you're going to get a copy of the book so you'll have that oh yeah I, well i appreciate it that's, i mean this is fascinating. um but i was going to ask you because okay i have like a few different questions sure before we get into the leadership one which is actually this is totally backwards because you think leadership would be the reds and they they don't know this right away then they can like get off the call and, and move on but uh one of the questions would be all right so if you were going to do a coaching call or, um, you know, meet with somebody you don't know, or maybe it's just a coffee meeting with somebody in a group that you don't really know, what would be the questions you would ask to kind of figure out where they're at with colors? Okay. Um, I have found that if I, if I list the four questions, what, why, how, and who, and I make it specific to them. What are your goals? Why do you desire these goals? How are you going about achieving or attempting to achieve these goals? And who are you going about it with? If I can get them to answer those four questions, I'm going to see a pattern because they're going to spend the most time and have the most descriptive answer with the one that is most dear to them. So if they're after a goal, they're a red. 
if that's what they spend their time on, you know, is making sure that that goal is pinpoint accurate. They know exactly what they want. You're probably dealing with the red. If they talk about the reason they're doing their things or the purpose that they have in life, you're talking to a blue. If they're talking about the system that they've put in place to achieve success, you know, the, the logics behind it, you're talking to a green. If they're talking about the people that they want to help, you're talking to a yellow. So those four basic questions, as simple as they sound, that's why I call them the master key questions because people answer things differently. And everybody always talks about how you got to have a why. It's true. You do have to have a why. I don't care what color you are. You have to have a why just to get out of bed. But right. is that what defines your drive? Or is it the what or the how or the who? So those things are very important to understand that those are different drivers for different people. Even Darren Hardy in his most recent book, um, I, I had to laugh because I'm listening to the audio of the Entrepreneur Roller Coaster, which is fantastic if you haven't gotten it yet. But um, and he's going through different uh, switches is what he calls them, the four switches. And he literally went through the same exact order of those master key questions that I put in the book. He hit them all. What, why, how, and who. So that was awesome to get that little bit of, I guess, validation. (laughs) Not that I needed it. I've been speaking on it for two years, but it's still very, very cool to hear that because that that means that I'm on the right pulse with this stuff. All right. So that's good. Yeah, it's always kind of validating when you know there's other people on the same – same wavelength somewhere like all right so i'm not on my own here like there are other people who have figured this out as well i'm not crazy i'm i'm on the right track good deal (laughs) (laughs) okay so let's talk about the leader so the four colors of leadership okay this is probably are we trying to wrap this up in an hour yeah we'll we'll probably okay we'll just keep going all right so this is this is one of my favorite things to talk about because i think it's it's very, very important to understand if you want to grow in leadership, which has been a been kind of a struggle um, for me, which is why I've been studying this because we we have uh, we've hit snags every now and then, and it's like, why are we not growing? What's happening here? What's going on? So I started looking at leadership, and I, I've written down a few things for each color, so we can understand. This is going to be a note-taking nightmare, so get your pen ready because I'm going to go quickly through this but first thing that I I think we all need to understand and this is hard for some reds the first thing we got to understand about the concept of leadership is that we lead and exist within a volunteer army like none of the people we interact with actually have to do what we say (laughs) uh, and we don't have to do what they say you know whether it's upline crossline or anybody else we all make decisions for ourselves and honestly That goes with our children, if we were looking at this from a family aspect. To a certain degree, when they're in your household, they have to do what you say. But there's going to come a day when they are going to be outside of that purview and able to do what they want. That's why it's so important to make that transition from, you know, telling them what to do to telling them why and then how to implement it with their life so they can become who you want them to be. In case you didn't notice, I just nailed all four of the questions in that comment. Yeah. I wasn't actually even trying to do that. That's funny. But anyway, <laughs> I hear them as they go off. I'm like, oh, cool. There it is. 
Wish I had that recorded. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's pretty slick. Um, so we have to understand that leadership's not, it's not about being a boss. Like a boss says, I want you to go and do this. And the focus of that method is on obedience and submission. But a leader says, I want you to follow me and repeat what I'm doing. So the focus of that method is on demonstration and duplication. So it's important to define what leadership is before we look at the four colors, because that's going to help us um, kind of better understand how they work. So I believe there's two primary keys to effective leadership. And key number one sounds so simple, but sometimes it's, and I'll bet you'll agree with me on this one, Monty, sometimes it's so hard. The key number one is honesty with yourself and with others about who you are, what your strengths and weaknesses are, what your desires are. But it's so important um, in leading. I'm going to tie leading into two, two different types because we, when you're leading, you're also being led. So you're choosing who to allow you to lead further so that you can lead those behind you. So our first key is honesty. Be honest with yourself about where you're at, what your strengths and weaknesses are. Because as people get closer to you, when you're leading, you're drawing others along, right? You're drawing them to you. So as they get closer, if you're being fake, they're going to see it. So that's why we do all of this self-improvement stuff, because we want to be true and we want to be genuine. So that as people get closer, they see a genuine person, they want to interact with them even more. And the second key is humility. So it's only possible to lead, I think, or, or be led effectively, honestly, if you can take your ego out of the equation. I think pride is the greatest destroyer of healthy leadership. So keep things honest, keep things humble. So I mentioned before there's two parts to leadership, leading and being led. I believe only a true, a true color shade can be an effective true leader because otherwise you're going to have strife. You're going to have misunderstanding. But when you're in your true shade of your color, you're going to be looking at, remember, ways to augment what you have, the, the gifts that you have for the service of those around you and for the service of those that you're leading. So how do we improve the shade of our color? That's another question I get quite often. This is done by learning to harness our personality skill set in a more and more selfless manner. Focus your abilities on others and what unleashes that unleashes our effectiveness as a leader. So let's, if you're cool, okay, um, focus on your ability. I'm trying to remember what I just said here. This isn't all done with notes. <laughs> so harness your own personality skill set I was talking about. Um, in a more and more selfless manner. So focus, focus your ability, your skill set on helping others, and it's going to unleash your effectiveness as a leader. There you go. I think I got most of that yeah, anyway. Yeah, that's golden. You know, you said it. Cool. So if you're cool with it, Monty, why don't I break this down on a color-by-color -color basis real quick, and then I'll let you have this back to, probably to wrap it up. Is that sure. cool? Yeah. yeah. Okay. So let's talk about reds. You've got to remember reds are your dominant. They're your what. That's their master key question. So I want you guys to write down a leadership keyword for each one of these. 
because this is important. A red's leadership keyword is respect. They don't mind giving respect when someone's done something great, but they, they want respect from those when they do for them. So they are fast decision makers. They're confident, tend to be kind of stubborn. I can say that I am one. Um, they can also respond harshly of questions. So if you've got a red leader and they're a little short with the tongue, that could be, that's their personality showing. Maybe they're not in their completely true state, but you need to understand it because not everybody out there is going to be true in their color. So you've got to learn to spot these. They tend to expect as much effort from others in a team setting as they're willing to put in. And this is huge because <laughs> as a red leader, that is absolutely true. We tend to expect, look, if I'm, if I'm going to put in 14 hours today, you should be putting in 14 hours. Let's do this. Do you want it as badly as I do? Let's go. Well, maybe that's not what they're after. But so reds are drivers. They are laser focused. They don't have any patience for excuses. They just don't. You might as well. I had a, I had a trainer in door-to-door -door sales. It was very red. And he used to crack me up because I'd come in. <laughs> and if I was even two minutes late, he flat out told me in the beginning, he's like, I don't want you to be late ever. But if you are late, don't give me an excuse. Just tell me the train. Just say the train, and I will understand that you have an excuse for me as to why you're not on time. <laughs> so total, total red response there. But So here's some cautions as a red leader. Over-dominance or assuming power or leverage over somebody where there is none, okay? Be careful that you're not doing that. Remember that volunteer army concept. If there is actually no power or leverage in our business, there's only the ability to assist. That takes it from a troublesome to a true red. Red's strengths are that they provide strong determination to see a task through. They put fear in its place as they push forward. And I wrote this down. They've got strong backs and wide shoulders. And I want to I make sure that you understand that that's when, when they're within their true shade. When they're not... <laughs> They're a lone skinny wolf running toward a goal, and they don't care who gets in their way. They're going to jump over them, around them, through them, whatever, to hit their goal. But when they're in their true shade, a red has a very, very strong shoulders to carry their team. If there's people with burdens, we can hold it. We can help them, and we can, we, you know, we're not needy. We can handle it. So remember, if you don't feel like you've got a strong back and you're a wide shoulder, but you are a red, Start looking for other people's burdens to help them with because I promise you, you're going to feel your best when you're outside of your own head and helping other people. So in leading, let's talk about leading versus led with reds. Be careful of placing your own pace and expectations on others that you lead. It's very easy for us to decide, look, I'm moving at this pace. I want this rank up. I want this. And so we start to place that expectation on others when that's not their race to run, that's ours. And we set the pace. But don't place that pace on other people to keep up with. They may not. Or they may. You might, but do it through inspiration. Don't do it through, you know, cracking a whip. Be patient. Make sure that you are showing the example along with the instruction. I know it's, a, it's an easy thing as a red leader to slip into snapping an order or somebody asks for help or wants to understand something, and so you, you just tell them. And then it's frustrating when they don't grab that and run with it because that's what a red would do. 
but it isn't necessarily what other colors need. They need to see you actually do it so they can follow an example. So being led as a red, and I want you guys to understand that that concept is very important because you are being led by something. You're listening on this call today because you have a desire to be led and to improve. Even if you're a strong red, you're still here because you want to improve. So make sure that in your haste and your drive, you don't trample on the feelings of others or throw valuable advice or relationships away in an effort to keep pace. Um, I like to say with reds in leadership, <laughs> you've all heard the term, might does not make right. So just because you're the strongest, you may be the strongest in the personality or you're definitely the strongest in, in your head, doesn't necessarily mean you're right. So slow down enough to hear people out and make sure that you, you know, take a look at that. Okay, let's go to blue. Cool. I'm glad you're finding value in it. This is, I'm talking kind of fast, so I apologize, but I'm trying to get through this. I want, I want all this value for you guys on this call. So blues are your influencers, right? So their master key question is why? Their leadership keyword is response. That's what a blue is after is response. They, they will respond enthusiastically to you and they expect you to have a, a level of enthusiasm in your response to them. But they definitely, you know, blues will not stop until they get a response. If you're deadpan staring at them, they're going to keep going <laughs> on the same info if they have to just until they get a response. That's very, very important. Um, so they're also fast decision makers like reds. Uh, they're impulsive. They tend to look for excitement in the moment. Um, some things to be mindful of with blues, they tend to interrupt or show rude tendencies when not engaged in the conversation. So they're very expressive individuals. They have tremendous energy, but that energy is usually only about as harnessed as their attention. I like to tell people when I'm speaking, I'm, I'm looking over the crowd. If I see somebody that starts drawing Snoopy or Sean the Sheep up in the corner of the page, I'm like, okay, there's a blue and I lost their attention. I need to get need to get the excitement and the energy and passion back to get them going. So cautions for a blue leader. Tendency to avoid the less fun aspects of leadership, such as hearing somebody out, uh, putting your own pursuits on pause to help someone else, explaining something for the second or third time, not fun. Um, they sometimes pay less attention to those that don't seem worthy of their help. They're, they're not holding up their end of the bargain, so to speak. So it's like, all right, this is totally not fun. I feel like I'm having to, you know, drag you through this. And that can be a danger when you're a blue leader. So just be aware of that tendency. Be self-aware of whether or not you have that tendency so you can correct. Let's talk about the strengths of a blue leader. If you are a blue leader or you have a blue leader under you, God bless you. Because you guys have got energy and passion that can literally bring enough charisma to a situation to pull people straight out of their comfort zone and right into the fun zone. And I've seen it happen so many times, and it's impressive. It's absolutely awesome, especially True Blues. Good. I mean, it's amazing what they can do to get people psyched up. 
inspiration and hope come really easy to, to blue leaders. They don't let things weigh them down too much uh, unless it's themselves. But we'll get into that on a different call. So let's keep going. Leading. Leading as a blue. Be careful that you don't create a cool kid rift in your group. Uh, make sure that you're all inclusive. You're including everybody. And make the fun that you want to have because every blue has a natural desire for fun and spice. Make that fun more about the group and less about your, your goals or desires. So help them elevate it. In leading, let's see, all right, we talked about leading, being led. <laughs> this one's going to hurt for blues listening, but hear me on this. Listen, even if it's boring, <laughs> understand that if somebody's willing to breathe into you, that it's a blessing even if it seemingly diminishes the fun of the moment a little bit. Your passion is awesome, so use it to help those around you enjoy whatever it is that the team is doing. Even if it seems like it's a little boring, throw your passion into the mix and fire things up because that's something you've been given that is almost exclusive to your personality type, and you can wield that. You can throw that like a little passion grenade right into the situation and get people pumped up, pull them out of their comfort zone, get them into the fun zone, the education zone, the learning zone, and they're going to feel like you invested in them emotionally, and that's going to connect with a lot of people. So greens, greens are your compliance. Their question is how. Their leadership keyword is research. Research is of utmost importance to Greens. They need to know the facts. They need to know how you came about the facts. Like, <laughs> I like I like to joke that with Greens, everybody who buys online, and I'm sure a lot of you do buy online just like me, I go on Amazon and I'm looking through reviews, and I don't want the, you know, the red review. Works great. I don't want the blue review, you know. This was awesome. That still didn't tell me anything. We all look for the green review. We look for the researcher, the person who's going to tell us whether the packaging was ad, ad, as advertised, whether the battery life was what they claimed it would be. That's the person we're looking for in the reviews on Amazon. We're looking for greens because they're taking the time to break it down for us. <laughs> so greens are slow decision makers. They're methodical. They're strategic. Um, I like to tell people that when it comes to a green, you've got to be real careful because, first of all, no doesn't always mean no. It means not right now. But above all, when you add excitement or hype to a green situation, you can actually slow their decision-making because they feel like they're being emotionally sold instead of being allowed to make a logical decision. So hype equals slow down. To a green. Um, they tend to try to find perfection in function. They're very analytical, system task oriented. They do resemble reds in their desire to control a situation, but usually it's not control from the front. They prefer to control from the rear, <laughs> control in a little bit different, more introverted way typically. So let's talk about some cautions for green leaders. The biggest caution that I see for green leaders is analysis paralysis. 
Um, you guys have all heard of it. It's when you overthink something to the point where you just can't take that first step and just get going. And it is contagious. I will tell you, I've seen green leaders that overthought something, couldn't make a decision, and it started to bleed over, especially in their yellows, because yellows are on that same scale where um, as much as they are people-loving and they try to be optimistic, their brain snaps to pessimism very quickly. Um, and greens like to talk about, <laughs> you know, being a realist to, to a lot of other, you know, to, to a couple of other personality colors. That realism looks a whole lot like pessimism, and it can come across that way. And, you know, to them it's realistic because they have just done the math and, you know, studied all the facts and figures, and they know exactly how they're going to go forward. So analysis paralysis, stay out of it because it can undermine the effectiveness of your team. And remember that pessimistic tendencies can steal momentum. So don't be negative. And if your realism is tending toward negativity, see if you can flip that around and find a positive side to things. So let's talk about the strengths of green leaders. True green leaders are absolute drama-killing machines uh, because they have that innate fact and fiction radar that I like to talk about. So helping others formulate systems or organizational patterns to help them accomplish their goals, this is what they're good at. They separate the emotion from the decision-making so that makes them a very solid foundation, makes them very powerful key players. I love having green friends because they, <laughs> you go to them with a problem and long after you've you know, fallen asleep and gone a couple days doing yard work and other things, they come back to you and they're like, remember when you said this? I figured out how you can fix it. And you're like, whoa, you actually put that much time in it? Holy cow, thank you. That's great. <laughs> Where we're reds, if they say they need to move, I'm going to have a team of people over there packing furniture for them right now, like this, this minute. That's how I move. So it's, it's just difference in personalities. Um, so a green would take a month just to get everything organized to get it packed. <laughs> yeah. And that's why they call a red friend. I need to move. And they're like, let's do it. All right. <laughs> well, how are we going to do it? Doesn't matter. Let's get what we need and get it done. So, Okay, so leading, leading as a green leader, I think is where we're at, leading. Don't let your, your love of structure and fact smother the creatives on your team. You're going to have creative people. You're going to have your yellows. You're going to have your blues. Uh, they fire right brain. They, they need to be allowed to do their creative stuff. And honestly, if you inspire them to do that creative thing, it can help your team in an amazing way. So find a way to build a system that includes the other colors. And understand, this is a tough one, <laughs> it's going to hurt. Understand that others will not always want your facts. And if need be, allow them to fall, allow them to fail, and uh, keep the I told you so inward because they'll come back. You know, that doesn't need to be vocalized. You can, you can leave that alone. And just because you know you were right, that's fine. That should be enough for you. But, uh, but yeah, allow them to fall, allow them to fail. And understand, you know, you may, you may present... 10 different facts on why something's a bad idea and the person is so excited to try it, just let them. <laughs> it's really not worth bringing them down uh, by proving it to them. Allow them to prove it to themselves. You'll find it's a much easier way to lead as a green. So in being led as a green, this one also might sting a little, allow your leaders to pull you out 
of that comfort zone from time to time. Greens have the they have this beautiful box that they've spent so much time building. They they like to stay right inside that box and make sure that everything is functioning and clicking like a to- or ticking like a clock. But sometimes you got to let people pull you out and stretch you from time to time. So um, the other thing to remember in being led is offer your skill set. If you're a green and you're great with um, you know breaking down graphics or creating graphs and and doing and believe me, there's plenty of greens out there that are creative and make graphics. They make awesome graphics because they've studied exactly what it takes to make a good graphic and, and how to design it. So if, if you have that ability, offer it and, and don't, don't demand that you get all the credit for it. Be okay um, offering something and, and letting it go. We all love credit. We all love a pat on the back. But if it gets in the way of teamwork, then we're going to fail as leaders. So last but not least, let's talk about our yellows. Yellows are steady. Their master key question is who. So I'm sure it's no surprise to you guys when I tell you that their leadership keyword is relationship. They crave the relationship aspect. And that's been honestly the hardest one for me and my team to create is, is that relationship aspect. I've got people scattered all over the country and frankly now all over the world. Um, so it's been it's tough to, to establish that relationship side, which as a red, I just keep on bowling forward. But both Sarah and I have had to realize that if we don't get this one right, we start to lose the mortar that holds the bricks together when you're building. So yellows are, they're slow decision makers, not real quick, um, to make a decision because they, wanted, they want to look at how it's going to affect the relationships around them based on their decision. They're peacemakers, they're team players, and because of their desire for strong relationships, their focus is almost always on keeping a happy team. So strength in numbers, unity in focus. Those are the two things you need to remember with yellows. Strength in numbers, unity of focus. So cautions for yellow leaders. Um, Manipulation can be present to try to gain control of what they perceive as stronger team members. So, and they, and they can tend to appeal to others from a position of weakness. And what I mean by that is they may, they may kind of, you know, play on people as a, as a weaker individual to get them to do more work or up their order or, you know, do something that they desire. But instead of being honest in the communication of it, it's easier to play a position of weakness and hope that person has pity and steps in and takes care of that problem. And I caution against that because it develops um, termites in the relationship (laughs) that will eventually, they'll eat up the relationship and one day you'll go for help and that person won't be available anymore because they're tired of, of being treated that way. So that's a caution with the yellow. And I don't think true yellows do that. I think true yellows are honest and they, you know, they face their, their relational challenges and concerns uh, with honesty and humility, like we talked about, the two keys. So strengths. Yellow leaders bring heart to their team. They never tire of trying to bring out the best in those around them, and they thrive on being able to help. They look for situations to bring their support to. A lot of times other colors, and I've even found myself as a red 
leader, <laughs> somebody brings you a problem, and my first reaction is, oh, not now. I got other stuff to, you know, I'm, I'm focused here. But I have to check that and realize that as a true leader, it's, it's my opportunity to shine and to step into my true color and have those wide shoulders and let's get this done. Yellows are, they're actually kind of almost an opposite spectrum because they will drop everything to help and sometimes they shouldn't. <laughs> you know, sometimes they should follow through with what they're doing for the better of the, the rest of the team and then go help that individual. So keep that balance in mind. But yellows definitely have heart. And so let's talk about their leading. So we're going to talk about yellows leading. Don't be afraid um, as a yellow leader. This is a common fear that I've, I've talked to multiple leaders that say that they're afraid of losing a relationship simply by presenting a differing opinion or holding somebody to their word when they say they're going to do something. They're afraid to bring that back up because they're like, man, they, they won't like me. They'll have issue with me bringing this up. Um, do it anyway. Be, because honesty, honestly, honest, honesty is where a relationship is built. And I think any of us who have been married for any length of time, we understand that concept that even if, even if it's rough, you got to get it dealt with. And you gotta you gotta be honest with each other. So if they're down determined to to fail, love them enough to let them fail, and then love them enough to bring them back into the fold. Um, I, and I don't know. I I usually use a like a Bible reference for this, but you could. There's many many different historical references you could use. I use the the story of the prodigal son that I learned, you know, a long time ago as a kid. And, you know, the stubborn son wants to leave, wants his riches and leaves and squanders it all. And the father could have told him no, could have stopped him technically, but he let him go, let him fall, let him fail. And then as soon as he came back, he was there to welcome him with open arms and say, I'm glad you changed. Now let's move on together. And I think that's, that's the heart of a, of a true yellow leader. So here's the last point on this. Get conflict over quickly in leading, quickly and peacefully. Don't let it fester because... What that does to a yellow, they bottle it up and they start playing ping pong with it, trying to figure out, you know, they they want to do the best for their relationship, but they're really hurt over things. And it'll end up festering and it can build pressure up and it can really ruin relationships. So if there's something wrong and there's, you know, you've got a hurt feeling, whether it's upline, downline, crossline, don't care. Get, it, get to them and get that resolved um, with honesty. Don't let it fester because it does very, very damaging things to a yellow personality to not take care of that stuff. So being led, this is the last point here. Don't just wait to be told what to do as a yellow leader. You have the power, you have the ability. Look for active ways to improve yourself. And again, if there's been conflict or hurt feelings, don't bottle it up, get it out and move forward. I see a lot of, of yellows that they defer to somebody else's uh, wisdom or, or someone else's more, I guess you could call it more powerful personality. It's not always true. I've seen some very powerful yellows, but, but uh, they defer to a more powerful personality to tell them, you know, when to advance and um, what to do next. And don't do that. You have the ability and it's, uh, you know, your success is in your hands. So run with it. So ultimately when it comes to the colors and when it comes to leadership, Leadership has less to do with our interests and much more to do with our interactions with those that we're leading. 
And that's why we have to understand ourselves. That's why we have to understand the colors of our team members. And you're going to have all four colors. It's going to happen. So that's why I, I strongly urge you to study this and, and learn this and implement this stuff because it's going to help you so much in the dynamic of your team. Wow, Jacob, that was like, that was deep. <laughs> cool. I got, to, I got to the point where my, my notes turn into scribbles and then it turn into pictures. Uh, <laughs> 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 well, I, I want to go fast enough that people get great content, but obviously, you know, I want to encourage everybody to go get the book too. So speaking of that, I would like to offer um, – on this call, I'd like to offer a discount code for my website. There's multiple places that you can get my book. Is it okay if I just throw this little plug in real quick? Plug it in. This is your show. Okay. So you can get my book on my website. It's www.jacobadamo.com. That's also where you have access to the free personality test. And once you take that test, you'll have a, an email that will allow you to download a printable version of that test that you can use for friends, families, get-togethers. It's kind of fun. You can make it into a fun thing where everybody talks about it and, and takes the little tests. Um, so if you guys want to learn more, there's lots of different ways. There's going to be the new book out soon, the old book you should read if you haven't. Um, I'm offering a discount code to you guys, and the coupon that you're going to type in is Diamond Factory, all one word, and that's going to offer you 15% off on the print works as well as the bundle which has the, the book and the digital download. And if you want to uh, learn more, I know that uh, I think Monty and Jen are also part of the YL Success Summit that's coming up, and I'm sure they have a link available for you guys. Use that link, get signed up. You're going to want to be a part of that because there's going to be a lot of powerful teaching on there. So uh, other than that, yeah, you can I've, find I've my Facebook group. Oh, it's an awesome lineup this year. It's incredible. So anyway, that's that's it. So there's a 15% discount coupon for you guys if you want to go get the book. Keep up with the new book. I'm going to start pre-sales probably in about a month here. Um, but other than that, thank you so much for the honor of being on with you, Monty. It's been fun. And if well, you have I'm any questions we, or want to... I got a chance to talk this summer. You know, so I'm like, oh, Jacob's working on the second thing. Okay. <laughs> yeah, and thank you for the promo discount too because people love, you know, opportunities to, to learn more and if they get a little... Uh, a deal on top of that, of course, they love that too. But I yeah, well, and I, I I know you're going to be using this with Diamond Factory, so I wanted to put something in there that'll be long term, that'll give just a little bit of added value to the people that are investing in in taking that course and learning. So I'm I'm super proud to be able to help people on their journey to to learn more and do better. That's what we're all about. Right, and this is a self development business. Yes. Period. Yeah, absolutely, it is. Very good. Well, thank you, Jacob. I'm going to open up the, the lines. I'm going to have everybody say goodnight to you, so hold on real quick here. But thanks for coming on, Jacob. I totally appreciate you. Yes, Before sir. Thank you. Um, at least next summer, if not earlier. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Okay, here we go. Oh. Thank you, Jacob. Thank you so much. Thank you. 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 Thank